Eddie here on Soundcast. Um, Brooklyn, New York. Another nice day today. Wait, around this time, I think last week we had rain. Rare cold days. Today's actually a nice day. I'm really proud of today. Not just because of the weather. You know, I'm proud of the fact that we got got a good last night's game but kind of expect the other thing is no I'm not going to I'm not proud I'm not proud right? everybody knows this show I'm a diehard thing Jeff Hornacek as your star as your who picked this? Let's be honest. Put this in perspective. Jackson, the king of the triangle offense, decides, okay, let me, uh, let me go through my, my different candidates. I don't know. Patrick Ewing, store him. Not trying. Mark Jackson, not trying. Doesn't matter if the fans. At Kurt Rambis, I really want to put Kurt Rambis back in. Your best friend, not you know, not because he's not a good coach. Let's just let's ignore that fact. Go get Kurt Rambis. Who do we land on? Jeff Hornacek. I say this, and I I still don't believe this guy. Not only is not never ran the triangle offense, had the triangle offense ran again. As a member of the Utah Jazz, back-to-back year, Chicago, Bill Jackson, triangle running, Chicago. But somehow, some way, find we, we find a way to have Jeff. As our head. I doubt Carmelo. I haven't heard of Carmelo say anything. You're just gonna head coach. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm with it. He's... Nothing. I hear nothing. Carmelo doesn't care about that. It wasn't made for Carmelo. I barely think this was made for Phil. I don't know if Dolan come down and say, let's pick Hornsteck because it sounds like a... If he's going to pick a head coach, he's going to pick a head coach that won 30 years ago. Like he'll pick Lenny Wilkins. Somewhere. I don't even know where Lenny Wilkins is. because of the high that had back in the early. 90s. Jeff Hornacek fired by the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns, the lottery son, is a new head coach. Got Vogel right there. How is that possible? I would love. Someone to really break that down. Like I said, I'll harp get through. I'll harp on it a little bit later. We also have the conference for like Cavalier showcase. The LeBron James, whatever. 
got J.R. Smith looking like No, it's bad. If I'm getting out of a Montchumper. Montchumper has been bad last year. That the most you hear about him is that hear about Montchumper. If I'm seeing him on the court in the fourth quarter, it must be a blow. It was a blow. I said in the beginning of the season, I'll give Toronto Toronto. I don't think so anymore. I'm not so confident. How is it possible? How loud? They're all it's eight points. Eight points. Game one on the road. That's a tough seven game series. This guy only eight. It's just that's ridiculous. Now, I'm not a Toronto fan. I know Drake is. What's going on, man? Number two, it's not like the, the Raptors are over. Number two, kidding me? Put a comment down. Of course, you know we have uh, apparently. Stein Burner, Georgia's runs the only I did with Joe Girardi blaming all the players for why Yankees are not playing. And the reason why I paused at this because his father was known for doing this. But when his father did it, it he actually did it when the team was, you know, teetering a little bit, not when they were in last place. Al Steinberger waits till they're in last place, and he doesn't blame the manager at all. He says the manager's doing a great job. The coaching staff's doing a great job. And he singles out players, singles out Mark Teixeira, singles out Beltran. He, he says uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. These guys have not played up to their, you know, their, their contracts. Of course they haven't played up to their contracts. Mark Teixeira's hurt all the time. He's over 35 years old. Beltran's almost 40. Ellsbury's getting paid... It gives me a headache to, to describe how much Jacoby Ellsbury is getting paid to be the leadoff hitter. He's getting paid over $180 million. Yeah. Yeah, that's real money. And yet, he's blaming the players. How about the people that signed those players to those contracts? Or why not Joe Girardi just getting some of the blame for the fact that He's overmanaging games. He brings pitchers in to face one batter, and he sits them down. And he has these weird lineups that have no consistency to him. He continues to play Chase Headley at third base. What, why don't we talk about those 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 great things that he's doing? But it's the Yankees right now. They, the Yankees have officially lost the back page when it comes to baseball in New York. The Mets own that right now. As, as weird as that is to say, the Mets do own the back page when it comes to New York baseball. I don't I don't know what's going to be done with the Yankees, what type of deals are in the future. Are they going to wait till next year? Because that sounds like the plan, just wait till next year when they have all these free agents come off the books, except for A-Rod. We still got A-Rod for another year after this. 
it's it's gonna be fun but you know i did say there was some good things about today and here's actually a, a really really good thing we have the debut of our new in-studio correspondent for sports social and keep it a real sports miss naomi gray that is her real name naomi gray the gray and everything is her real name i checked with her it's real it is awesome. Just want to put that out there. So Naomi, want to say hi to everybody? How's it going? Hello, guys. How is everything? <laughs> it's going good. She is ready to go. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> she's so ready. <laughs> she said she was like she was just watching me talk. You know, she was like, all right, this guy's just gonna go off on a long rant. I'll just sit back here, relax. Uh, when I, you know, when it's time to talk, maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll go. In. Maybe I'll go in. But um, she is a uh, a young journalist right now. And um, you're actually about to graduate, you said, right? Yes, in two weeks. Thank the Lord for that. All right. <laughs> From uh, Brooklyn College? Yes, Brooklyn College. Brooklyn College. Okay, it's good. Right here, everything's local. Yep. Because we are here in Brooklyn, Soundcast FM. So, this, obviously, you're joining you're joining this radio show. Mm -hmm. And you're going to bring all your expertise. I know that you're a big WNBA fan. Yes, yes. So, we're going to be talking about that later in the show. Cool. Because I didn't want to be the only one now. Just start talking about WNBA. Yeah, you need somebody to back you up here, you know? It doesn't get that much coverage, so I'm here to help you out. Definitely, and that's <laughs> that's what it's all about, okay? Because the New York Liberty, are we 2-0, 2-1? 2-0, yep. I about to say. Saturday, they're trying to make it 3-0. needs to be done, and it's their first time being 2-0 in a while. So. It has it has been a while, and, you know, they, they beat the Dallas Wing. I remember that that was the home debut. Yes. I was watching some of that. I actually wanted to go to that game. Yeah. I plan on going to a game soon. Were you at that one, or? No, I was not. Unfortunately, but I will be at Saturday's game. Okay. Sparks, so. Oh, Sparks. That's always a good matchup right there. Yeah. So we definitely look forward to that. Now, we're going to be discussing, especially when we come back, because you said you're not even a Knicks fan, right? So this is, no. you could be as cold as you want to be and not <laughs> as passionate and crazy as I am. <laughs> I'll be the happy medium. You'll be the happy medium. That's what that's what's needed right now, because... We're going to jump into this whole Jeff Hornacek signing, mm -hmm. what it actually means to the team, and maybe what Phil Jackson's plan is, because it's anybody's guess. I don't even think Phil Jackson knows. No. I think he just looks into a mirror and says, I'm Phil Jackson. I got 11 rings. I'll just do whatever I want. Right. That's that's basically what it's come out to. And we'll also uh, challenge that whole fake um, report that came out from a fake LA Times reporter saying that he actually resigned from the Knicks last night. That's that's not true. Right. I want to put that out there. So, uh, just as always, X-Ray One's opinion out there. The number is 516-900-2278. Give us a phone. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. If you're as upset as I am because I am extremely upset. Or you just want to say hi to Naomi. It's our first day. <laughs> yes, you, know. you can call and say hi to me. Say hi. <laughs> say hi. She's very nice in person. Just letting you know that. Maybe on the radio, I don't know. She could be... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm nice all around. Okay, all around. That's We just want to make sure. So, what we're going to do is actually now... Step aside and uh, take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Southcast FM.
Soundcast FM. I have Naomi Gray in studio. And you said you're a big R&B fan anyway, right? Yes, I love me some 90s R&B. See, that was just right on target. I, right. You know, <laughs> I throw random songs out there like that. You never know. You might get an old LL Cool J song or something like that. So this type of show it is. Just very eclectic or weird. That's the way I like to describe it. <laughs> so um, speaking of eclectic and weird, the Knicks officially making Jeff Hornacek the new head coach. Now, your thoughts on this, obviously not being a Knicks fan. Yeah. From the outside, how do you feel? It's just, it's definitely interesting knowing, you know, Phil Jackson's mindset with the triangle offense. You know, it got him the 11 rings, and he actually was making reports that, you know, he wants to stick, you know, stick with that. So putting a new coach who doesn't have any experience with that is, it's, it, you know, it's interesting. I'd like to see how it works because it's like, are the Knicks going to be running a new type of offense, you know, or it's, or is he going to put Hornacek in a position where he has to learn the triangle offense and then, you know, put it forth towards the team? That's that's a risk that, you know, probably won't be going to well if you have somebody, you know, trying something new that they don't have any experience with. So it's interesting. I think it threw a lot of people off. And, you know, I'm right now I'm kind of wondering what Kurt Rambis feels like, too, because, you know, they're, they have that close relationship. He He's familiar with the offense, I mean, the triangle offense. So it could go either way. But also, you know... There is that history of Rambis and Hornacek. You know, they were teammates, so who knows? If, if Rambis sticks around, he could be in the staff and probably help Hornacek. Who knows? Who knows what could go on right now with the Knicks? I look at that situation, and, you know, obviously I'm not a fan of the Hornacek signing. I do agree, however, with the, the whole slogan of anybody but Rambis. <laughs> That's all Knicks fans we have been on social media very heavy talking about this. Wow. Anyone but Rambis. So... We get, we get Hornacek now. I remember he won Coach of the Year his first year with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. 
Now, people are still trying to hang their hats on that, but then the next two years, he was terrible. People say this because of injuries or he didn't have the right personnel. I, I just I just feel like for the team that he's taken over and the responsibilities that he's going to have to take over as well as the um, the pressure that is New York City, Right. I don't know if he's the guy. That's what gets me nervous. You know, that's why I was so big on maybe Mark Jackson. You know, he's a guy that knows some form of winning. He made the playoffs. That's the big key. I feel like people forget about that. Yeah. He had a young Warriors team. Mm -hmm. And you see Steve Kerr took him right over and took him to that next level. A New York guy can understand the media. I I just feel like if you're not going to get somebody who runs the triangle offense, he would be your guy. Yeah. Because you're talking – that's really what it is. I mean – I just don't see what was the, the love fest. <laughs> with, yeah, like, how did that meeting with Steve Mills and Phil Jackson go when he say, Jeff Ward is next to the guy? How does right. that happen? No, totally. That's what I'm kind of wondering, too. It's just, like, there has to be some basis. And, you know, Phil Jackson is going to have to explain himself because we need to know. I mean, yeah. even myself, not as an expand, it's like, I do want to know what the idea was behind putting him in this position because people are going to expect the utmost from him. You know, you're going to give him this job, then he needs to come through. Because right. he doesn't have the experience with the triangle offense. You know, he's, like you say, he's not a New York guy. So he's going to have to fulfill other things to make people feel, like, comfortable with this pick. Like, okay, the Knicks are in good hands. Are they right now? I can't. I definitely no. don't think so. I don't think so. And that's, that's what makes it difficult to really comprehend as a fan. And, and not just, like you said, not just a Knicks fan, but a fan of basketball. It was so left field. Right. You know, I even heard David Blatt being more realistic than Jeff Hornacek. Totally. Now, looking at the roster and then thinking about the type of team that Hornacek wants to put together, I'm, I, I can't wait for the press conference. Mm-hmm. I'm looking like, when is the press conference? Is it going to be Monday? Is it going to be tomorrow? I, I, I really want to <laughs> know. But um, what what is he going to do with the, the likes of uh, Linkston Galloway, uh, Jose Calderon? The Knicks don't have great guards. They don't. They don't. Do you yeah. work that out in free agency? We have no draft picks. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, you know. What's going to happen? What's going to happen with that? That's the big question mark regarding that. I don't know. Did you watch the NBA draft lottery? No, I did not watch it. I did not. You didn't watch it. But if honestly, one of the things that, and, and I take this as offense, but I, I also think it's funny. Mm-hmm. The NBA did for the first time this year, if a pick was traded to the team, like let's say the Raptors had uh, were in the lottery just because they had the Knicks pick. Mm-hmm. When they pulled up the card, usually it shows the team that has whatever is the eighth pick, seventh pick, ninth pick, whatever. Yeah. It said on the thing from New York Oof. to remind everybody the Knicks messed up. <laughs> yes. Yikes. Because the Raptors are in the Eastern Conference Finals and they mm. have a top ten pick. Because of guess who? Andrea Bagnani. The Knicks decided to trade this year's pick for Andrea Bagnani two years ago. Uh, it's That's the thing also. You're making those moves in the moment. It's like you understand how big it's affecting this team in the long run. It's like it's for a guy who's not even in the league anymore. Right, exactly. That's the, the Knicks need like just – it's going to be more than a coach. Yeah. You know? It's going to be more than a coach. So regardless how, you know, upset or flustered or confused this made – this choice made a lot of people it's gonna it's it's gonna be more than a coach that's gonna need to revamp the Knicks to whatever you know people are hoping for them to be right you know how many years it's gonna take who knows and you know and that's what I'm worried about it's just that the fan base has been struggling for all these years 
we got excited for that one year when we made the playoffs and we made it to the semifinals and we got beat by the Indiana Pacers. We're a good Indiana Pacers team, mind you. So you think it's going to get better year after year, right? We're going to grow. Right. Next year, don't make the playoff. Following, we have the worst team in franchise history. And then last year's team. Yeah. It's like, where's the relief? Where's <laughs> the relief? Where Where is the, the you know, the hope? Yeah. Because every other team goes up from there. Us, we went down. Right. So Phil Jackson I mean, is brought in to, save, to be the savior. Yes, yes. What has he saved? We haven't made the playoffs with Phil Jackson as the, the VP. Which says a lot. You know what I mean? Everybody goes crazy about he has 11 rings and yada, yada, yada. But the Knicks are on a downward spiral right now. And he hasn't made any moves that, you know, are defining who he is, you know? Right. In that in that position. I mean, the only move I guess you could give him is Porzingis. That's it. I was it. just about to say that. that Porzingis, I was just about to say that. He fooled us all with Porzingis. So I don't know if he's thinking the same thing. Like, right. uh, hold a second. I know something you don't. You know, yeah, I don't know if exactly. he's doing that. Because right now, I, I have lost so much faith in him mm-hmm. that it's, it's scary. And this, when I saw that we had got Phil Jackson as our VP, I'm thinking, man, we're back on the right track. Right. We're, we're talking championships. I'm doing like yeah. LeBron. I'm counting out not one, not two. You <laughs> getting know, ready doing, for the parade. Getting ready, I'm ready. Yeah, I had the Canyon of Heroes, everything set up. It's, <laughs> it's, just, it's a bitter taste in my mouth right now. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just leave it. I'm not going to harp anymore on it. I'm going to leave it alone. To be continued. To be continued until they do something else crazy. Because <laughs> we still have the draft coming up. They can trade, the, the, you know, whoever it is to get back into the draft. That's what the Knicks do. Right, yeah. But uh, just looking at Hornacek as a uh, coach, I did see some of the things he did at Phoenix with Drew Bledsoe. Well, not Drew Bledsoe. Wow, what am I talking about? Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> I went football over there for a second. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe, um, you know, some of the things with Brandon Knight. I see what he does with guards. He likes to play two-point guards in a starting lineup. He had Dragic. He did the same thing. Now, I go back to who on the Knicks personnel will work that way. Are you going to play Jerry and Grant and Langston Galloway together in the backcourt? Hmm. What happens with Aaron Afalo? Does he fit? It, it's all these things that really come to be, you know, question marks. Right. You're going to see some some differences on that roster with him in, in that position totally. It has to be because it's a guard-oriented offense. He's coached Robin Lopez before, I believe. So I think there's a familiarity with that. Okay. Now, Carmelo Anthony, that is the key to everything here. Carmelo is, last time they spoke to me, he said all he's thinking about is Rio because he's thinking about the Olympics. That's right, all he cares course, about. Yeah, but he's going to have to come down to, you know, that's the life after Rio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, long, the long season and, you know, situations he's going to have to deal with after Rio. So I'm not happy with him playing in Rio. Really? I feel like he's getting up there in age. This should be the time to rest. Okay. You going out there, because the Olympics, you're playing every day. Right. There is no day off. They play every single day. That's the way match play is. You're not a young guy anymore, man. I hope that when you're there with the Olympic team, you're asking to only play maybe 10, 15 minutes. I don't want you playing. <laughs> you need to save those minutes for when you're playing in orange and blue. That's, that's right. just what and it what is. And what weighs more, you know, getting that NBA championship or a gold medal, you know? He has, what, two of them already? I think. Exactly. Shoot, that's more than enough for me. Yeah, right? <laughs> one is, you say you're a gold medalist. That's that's a lot. That's what you got to say. One-time gold medalist, I think you're amazing. Exactly. You know, three times, it's like, okay. It's, it's getting, too much. Getting old. It's, yeah, it's, it's too <laughs> it's much. Expected. I don't know, man. It, it's it's always an interesting thing. And I like, I like the fact that 
he is all about his country and he's all about, you know, that whole scene. Right. But you just got to be smart after a while. You got to be smart and know your body. And yeah. And that's the number one thing. I think Chris Paul pulled out. Um, obviously, Blake Griffin had to pull out because yeah. of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if Kevin Durant's going to do it. I have to double check. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that yet. Any yeah. confirmation with him. And you don't know. I think I think Steph Curry will still do it, regardless of all his injuries. He's still going to do it. He's totally going to do it. He's definitely going to do it. He's on like he's on this high in his career, and he needs to you know go forth and do his thing with that. Oh, definitely. He has to keep it going. And I think about you know obviously the Olympic roster and guys like Damian Lillard who are just begging to play. Yeah. You know, let these guys play. Right. Let them play. We don't need to see Chris Paul anymore. We don't need to see LeBron anymore. You know, LeBron's probably going to do it again. Who of knows? Of course, yeah. Because him and Melo, they, you know, they, they're best friends. Mm-hmm. And he tried to get Melo to come to Cleveland. It didn't work. And it's it's just a lot. Yeah. A little bromance. Uh, it's, uh, don't you guys too much? <laughs> I mean, I think it, I think it's, it's special to have those type of relationships amongst NBA players. It's nice to hear. But, it's, I mean, I guess it does get a little cheesy and a little too much. <laughs> it's too much because I feel like, you know, when you're against each other on the court. Right. You're shaking hands. You're smiling. And it's a playoff game, you know? You're trying, to, you're trying to destroy each other here. Right, yeah. That's not what they used to do back in the day. They would do all I that after the game. I was just about to say that. Like, it's that's that old school basketball mind yeah. mentality. It's not like that anymore. They're going to hug it out, say, I wish you all the best. Yeah, Great like, job tonight after the game. No. Help each other get up after knocking each other down. You know you know what it is. I like the Jordan way of doing things. With the Jordan, Jordan way. Jordan the bad would walk, boy way. Yeah, the bad boy way. I want somebody <laughs> to get knocked down to the floor. I'm not I'm not promoting violence, but I'm promoting competition. That's yes, what we're that doing. is lacking. I, I totally I understand. That's all we need. Just some, some competition and just play. You know, let's play basketball play here. Play the sport, right. That's all. It's a, it's a process, but, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the future, especially with the Knicks and how they want to go about disappointing their fan base in the future. I mean, that's just it's, – it's gotten very creative. I agree, yeah. That's number one thing. But, um, like I said, as always, taking your calls, 516-900-2278. I have Naomi Gray with me in studio. Yep. <laughs> we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the game. You actually missed the game, you said. Unfor- right? I'm so, like, I, every time I think about the fact that I missed the game, I literally get angry inside because I should have been watching. You have to watch. You cannot miss these games. I know. I'm going to have clutch. to start calling off work and they're going to say why. It's going to be NBA playoffs. Oh, well, you see, you know what? <laughs> I guess that's okay. Let's call out work because the NBA playoffs. It's all good. Sports Social Ed Easton, we'll be right back. So what's up? Water. You like them? No doubt.
they pull Azili. There's Curry over Cantor for three. And the way he was walking off, again, it looked like that lower back was bothering him. Here's Curry able to penetrate, it counts in the foul. You see the Warriors trying to get that rhythm, trying to get that ball movement. Curry for three! Curry, played by Foy, Adams switching over. Here's Curry, little dance by Curry, to the rim and scores! What a move by, by Steph Curry, final seconds of the first. That was just some of the highlights of Steph Curry going off one OKC. And it was crazy. At one point, I think he had about 20 points in the third. It, it was typical Steph Curry right. going on right there. Let's get to Sports Social with Ed Easton. I uh, got Naomi Gray in studio right now. And we're just, just I'm still in, in shock at how a guy like Steph Curry just makes things look like a video game. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I don't, I'm the worst person to talk to about Steph Curry because I feel like we've seen it all. Have we not? We Have we not? Like, you know what? It's hard for me to say we've seen it all because the guy does something that we've never does, seen before. <laughs> I totally get what you mean. But I mean, like, when I hear something amazing, I have to say it's expected at this point. And while I appreciate it, it's just old to me. But like you said, doing, you know, he's doing what he does like yeah. dropping like you said 20 points in the third right like come on that's that's amazing you know what i mean and what i think judging off of what i've heard in the reports that i've read off of last night's game is that okc probably just let him loose too many times you know what i mean like they didn't do their best when it came to holding him holding him down preventing him to score because yeah that's that's what's that's gonna be the big thing i mean you already have clay thompson who's you know gonna be you know right there getting those shots in doing what he does as well but like the target needs to remain curry like you cannot let that guy loose because that's what's gonna happen he's gonna drop 20 in the third and that's always seems to be the the key it's just that when you have a guy like clay thompson playing alongside curry there's so much fear Right. Of like, okay, if I give this guy a little space, will this guy get loose? Because when when Clay Thompson's on fire, <laughs> it's almost impossible. Because then you also got to remember they don't even need to handle the ball. They got Draymond Green who does a lot of the the point guard, you know, um, assessing what's going on. He's he crazy. sets up a lot of the plays. It becomes a tough matchup. So whenever they go real small, and I think that's what a lot of teams are are trying to avoid facing them when they go to a small lineup. They bring Iguodala and they sit Bogut. And I guess the center is Draymond Green at the time. Yeah. It's a tough matchup. And Steph Curry, and why I think he is so great, and I know the reason why you say that, because you're not a Golden State fan. Yeah. I get it. And that's that's very rare. Um, <laughs> I think he gets a lot of praise because he'll make a shot that has no momentum. Right, just just release. Just just release. It. Release. You can't even do that in the video game. You have right. to have some type of momentum in there, you know? That's that's fair to be. He's yeah. taking it back to NBA Jam days. and. <laughs> He's always on fire, and that's that's the thing. So, just th the way he does it, it's become almost routine for us now. Because you know the way you just said you see it all the time. That's still not normal. <laughs> that's not normal. You just he scored 17 points in a five-minute overtime recently. Yes. Come on. Right. That was a big. That's see that game. That game is when I was like, yes, go Curry, because 
Okay. You know, coming off of those those few weeks, you know, dealing with the injury, mm-hmm. you know, get that big overtime win. Right. What did he drop, like 40 points or so, something to that extent? He dropped 40, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. People, 17 in overtime. Exactly. And people are thinking that he's just going to come back slow. Not a, He wasn't in the lineup, so, you know, people mm-hmm. were... Yes, you know this is great. He won't. He might not be in the lineup, but right, right. He's, the thing about Curry, he always stays. He's always ready. Mm-hmm. Stay ready, like you know, and that's what I admire about him. So doing things like that, seventeen points in overtime, dropping forty off, coming from injury, great. Twenty in the third quarter, that's still great, but it's expected. You know right, what I mean? Right. That's how you need to come back after a loss like that. You know what I mean? And but here's the thing: it's like if you're OKC, how do you guard this guy? Right. How do you do it? Right? Because if you have Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook is a tough handle, you know, on his own end in terms of offensively, mm-hmm. how do you, as Russell Westbrook, guard Steph Curry? Because he has his issues already. He's trying to overplay him. He's trying to jump right. into the passing lanes, and he's getting burned a couple of times. Exactly, yeah. How do you do it? They're gonna. <laughs> right? That's a, I wish I had the. I wish I had the answers for my team. <laughs> I wish I could guide them in the right way, and you know. Because you're an OKC fan. Yes, I love me some OKC. I love me some Russell Russell uh, Russell Westbrook. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. That's. I get too excited about these things. You so, excited about Russell Westbrook? Yes. <laughs> so they need to just. That's definitely the key to this to the series. How are they gonna guard him? You know. Mm. How are they not gonna foul him while he's shooting a three? You know what I mean? Like, how are they gonna, how are they gonna be able to figure this out? That's that's a big key to them trying to come out with the win, you know, in this series. And that's that's the thing is like you look at Russell Westbrook and how good he is offensively. Kevin Durant has been a disappointment for me. I feel like in the series, you mean? Yeah, so far. Okay. Because I feel like he should take over his matchup, whether he's matched up with. Um, Draymond Green or Harrison Barnes or whoever they throw at him, he's still the better player on the on the floor. Right. And he has to dominate. I feel like with Westbrook and Curry, they're gonna cancel each other out. Durant needs to dominate his position. True. And I think he's And not be- create and not only that, he needs to not create excuses for himself. I was reading something and he was like, They had three guys coming at me. I guess I should, you know, figure out how to you know, score over three guys. Yeah. yeah. Duh. <laughs> You're supposed to shoot the ball. And make sure it gets in. Don't create excuses for yourself. That's right. what they're gonna do. It's playoff basketball. You gotta, yeah. you gotta get with it. And you know, somebody to your caliber, you need to be able to handle that. Don't make a complaint on that. I agree step with you. Step up. I 100% agree with you. I feel like he has to step up in those situations, especially for a guy who was the MVP. Exactly. Or, or should I say his mom was a real MVP? But you know what I mean. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's in his blood. <laughs> it's in his blood. So <laughs> it, it, it's disappointing there. And. It goes back to you. You say you're an OKC fan and also an LA Clipper fan. Yes. <laughs> now that all of that equals ultimate hate for Golden State. <laughs> you know that. If anybody's an NBA fan, that's what that means. So anti Golden State. Oh man. So it's 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 very unique for me to have the opportunity to just ask someone who's not a Golden State fan because all of a sudden everyone became a Golden State fan in the last two years. Yes, that bandwagon. That bandwagon is is full capacity. People are <laughs> hanging hanging outside the wagon right now. But um. What is it about Golden State that bothers you the most? I think, you know what it is? It's like, I wouldn't want to say that I don't like them. It's just like, you know, it's, I guess, envious. It's envy okay. that these, the teams that I like, such as Clippers mm-hmm. or and OKC, can't play the team ball like they play. Okay. You know, I made a post on Twitter saying that all teams in the NBA need to emulate the, the basketball that these guys play. Right. They play great as a team, like... 
you know you watch them play it's like you know going to the park and just seeing a bunch of friends you know play and mm-hmm. you know you know they know they they could depend on each other right, you know when right. one person's down they pick each other up it's not like that you see a lot of you see a lot of um teams just like one player's out it's they they kind of just running with like their heads off like what's gonna right, happen like right, we're gonna right. we're gonna try we might we might pull out this win mm-hmm Golden State goes out with the my mentality like we're gonna get this win, you know, regardless right. of what we're going through, we're gonna get we're gonna get through it. And that's what I'm saying. I don't. I it's not that I don't less dislike them. I actually think they're a great team. Mm-hmm. It's just envy. Like you know, it's, I'm being a hater. That's what I am. I'm just <laughs> I'm a I'm being a hater. I want I want my team like OKC and yeah. the Clippers to have what they have and be able to play to their to their caliber. That's what I, I that's what it is. I can't get mad at the honesty <laughs> of I'm being a hater. You don't hear that nowadays. People are like, I'm not a hater. I just don't think they do it. No, you I'm a hater. Hater. I'm a hater. Okay. <laughs> I'm a hater. All right. So, uh, Golden State, obviously, you know, doing what they did to get the job done. They got a chance to uh, speak to the media right after the game. So, we want to check out a little bit of that press conference, okay? I thought our energy as a team was really good early. I thought we made some turnovers uh, but we were well intentioned in terms of our you know trying to to make the right plays yeah that was kind of the key stretch in the game you know mid third quarter um, they were uh, they were playing well they had some momentum and you know Steph really got loose and that that's as I said that's what Steph does and when he can find some space and get a few threes uh, to go down in front of our home crowd you know it's a it's a huge boost. Didn't seem to bother him in the third quarter, but do you have any concern about that huge knot on Steph's elbow? I did not even notice the knot on his elbow, so I have no concern over it. <laughs> the elbow is fine. It's, it, feels like it looks like it has a tennis ball on top of it, but um, doesn't affect range of motion or anything. It's just, you know, just some pain, so I'll be all right. I haven't seen any video or anything, so I don't know how much the fans helped me have a soft landing. <laughs> I don't think they did. Not at all, yet. so... Uh. <laughs> game one was not our best game. Uh, we came in with a better focus tonight. The bench did. I mean, Andre was big for us tonight, defensively, especially on KD. And, um, you know, most spaces, he's going to do what he does in more buckets. So uh, the, be- the bench was huge for us. Barbosa, Sean, everybody came in. They contributed. You know, even when I got in foul trouble, Bose was in foul trouble as well. And uh, Varejao came in, you know, in the first quarter. So uh, everybody contributed tonight. Uh, it's a whole total team effort and better focus than we had game one. And I uh, just hope to continue that focus. At the end of the day, I got two guys who you cannot let beat you. They, they've proven time and time and time again that they can beat you and they can do it easily. So I got two guys that you really have to focus on. And I think we did a better job tonight. But the most important thing was we did a good job on everybody else, you know, like, Look at the score sheet last game, and all those guys were getting off, and that's when it's tough, when they're tough to beat. So, you know, it's um, it's important that we really lock in on those two guys and, and make someone else beat you. I mean, the only only challenge and opportunity we have is the one right in front of us. So game three is going to be another, you know, just dogfight that we have to be ready for from the jump, it's especially in a um, an environment like, like they have down at OKC. So we'll be ready. Um, I like where our focus is, and we just have to go out and, and you know play hard and play with uh, that same kind of spirit we did tonight. So that was Steph Curry talking along with uh, Festus Azili, Draymond Green, of course the coach Steph, uh, um, Steve Kerr. I was about to call him Steph Kerr. <laughs> but uh, they were talking about the, the win. And actually that was one of the things I forgot to bring up, and Steph was talking about it. 
how the fans didn't catch him. I mean, the guy, if, <laughs> that's that's a big fail for Golden State fans. Right. If you're sitting in the front row, you want to be close to the action. The MVP, your most valuable player, not only on your team, but in the NBA, falls into the stands. You catch him. Right. <laughs> that is it. That, you should have saw people, they would get out of the way. Like, ooh, ooh, like, no. <laughs> The guy was just injured. You go and you catch him. Sacrifice your body. <laughs> and you catch like, let me ask, if because you're an OKC fan. Russell Westbrook goes barreling into Open the arms. stands. Open, open arms. Open arms. You're catching him. Open arms. Saving his life, right? And dragging everybody with me with open <laughs> arms. <laughs> we got to get him. We're going to get him. <laughs> I, mean, I, I saw that, and I was just disappointed. I was like, Golden State fans, you got to do better. That's just, that's that's terrible. Terrible. Right. Sorry. <laughs> But uh, from what you heard, like, what did you think about what uh, Draymond Green and uh, some of the players were saying in um, the press conference? The thing that I noticed is that when it comes to OKC, it's only only Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant talk, you know, and that stands out to me a lot because they're like, you got to, you know, we got to watch out for these two guys as long as we have these two guys on lock. And it says a lot about their team. When you when you talk about Golden State, you you got to look out for a whole bunch of people: Draymond mm-hmm. Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and you know. All these guys, you know, have eyes on them. So it's like if OKC doesn't get it together and if their two stars don't have a good game, then they're basically the, done. That's exactly. Yeah. And the other teams feel an advantage. They're the all other teams are just like, as long as we have Westbrook and Durant on lock, we're good. And I feel like that should be motivation for other players going into next games to be like, we all need to become a target. Our team needs to be a target, not just these two guys. Well, my thing is, who steps up? Exactly, yeah. From OKC, you know? Well, how about this? Let's hear from what they had to say. This is Billy Donovan and uh, the rest of the team talking about their loss last night to Golden State. Credit Golden State. I thought they played very well. Um, they were certainly really, really lively um, on, on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, I thought we were in pretty good shape there going into the, the half, um, and then they kind of hit us with that flurry. And uh, we got down by eight. We did not get off to a great start in the third quarter. Uh, I thought the difference in the first half for us was, you know, they really did a great job offensive rebounding. I think they had 10 offensive rebounds in the first half. And our turnovers were probably a a few too many having nine. Um, And then obviously, you know, we let Curry get loose a few times. And and we needed to do a better job in that area as well. So, um, you know, we'll have to, like I said, I think before the game, continue to try to improve and get better playing against this team. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought tonight they played very, very well. We've got to deal in the reality and the truth. And the reality and the truth is, okay, here are the things that went wrong. Here are the corrections we need to make. Here are the adjustments we need to make. This is what we need to do. And the series right now is 1-1. That's, that's, that's the truth right now coming out of this. So uh, you leave here, you know, wishing we would have played better, but give them credit because they played exceptionally well. Russell, their bench scored 50 tonight. Can you just talk about the impact those guys have when, you know, when Curry or, or Draymond or, or Thompson's taking a break and they can continue to be productive with their reserves? I mean, they're a good team. They got a lot of different guys. They play 10, 11 guys every night. Um, you know, they come in with an aggressive mindset, and tonight they um, they impacted the game and you know made a difference for them. You know, we were we we're, were upset. You know, guys in the locker room, we wasn't we weren't happy because we. We uh, only won just one game. We were set, upset that we didn't play well tonight and get the second one. Um, but we're going home and we can't relax. You know, at home you tend to, you know, uh, let your guard down a bit because you're at home and you think you're going to win. But we got to come out here and play. We got to play uh, our brand of basketball even better than, than what we did when we, came, when we were in Oakland. So, you know, it's a good opportunity for us. You got to take advantage of it. All right.
right. So that was Kevin Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook at the end talking about it. It actually echoed what you were saying about not having the, the help. They were talking about how deep the uh, Golden State team is. Yeah. If you're let, let's be honest, let's let's put a little uh, role play here. If you're Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant, what do you say to the rest of your team in that locker room? It's okay. You can just don't curse. You can say exactly how <laughs> they would say it. <laughs> like we need to do more as a team. Like we need to be a team. Like you. But then also, huh? I I mean, it's not just it's not just it's not like it's Russell Westbrook and Durant leading the show, and that you know the other guys don't have opportunities to step up. So. Let me figure out how I'm going to say this without trying to sound okay. like I'm, I'm making shots at Russell Westbrook. Hey, it's, he's, he's got plenty of them. Trust me. It's not the first time he's taking shots. <laughs> I, love Russ, I love Russell Westbrook. But I think he could do things with the ball to get his other teammates involved in mm. certain plays. Sometimes he makes shots where if an extra pass was made, mm-hmm. it could have made all the difference in that score. Right. So right. I feel it's more than just, you know, Durant and Westbrook, you know, speaking to the team and you know because it's not like the team is just like all right i'm tired i just i just can't make a shot it's like you know there needs to be opportunities made they need to play they need to mimic like i said earlier what golden state is doing right. you know they could sit at a press conference they played really well you know you know um their their bench scored 50 figure out ways how your bench is going to score 50 right you right. know what i mean make make those moves you know you guys been in the league long enough do create other people you know give opportunities to others you know right play play strategically you know Pull out the plays that you know is going to be most effective where everybody could, you know, there's some good ball movement going on and, you know, there's, there's more of a chance that, you know, you guys are going to get your, you know, those points in. So it's just a lot more than just pointing the finger at the rest of the teammates just because these are two headliner names for that team. Okay. So you're saying more pointing at themselves and figuring out their own issues. Yeah. They're the and they're both moving the doors there. Okay. Yeah. Ultimately, they're the leaders of this team. And, you know, and I think they have, you know, they have the ability to, you know, set their bench off. You know what right, I mean? Right. They have that ability. You know, it's it's inspiring if you're going to be going out on that court and making those crazy plays, you know, getting those points in. You know, you're going to inspire your bench to feel like we need to we need to lift up too. We need to go out there and, mm-hmm. you know, go go ham. Okay. Yeah. Go ham. Hard as <laughs> a, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Um, honestly, going into Game Three, which you have to wait all the way till Sunday for Game Three, which is a very weird schedule. I think that's a lot of time off. Exactly, but it's good because I get to watch. <laughs> you get to watch. You're I right. get to watch. You're right. You got Sunday. That's what's all that matters. They said Nate gets to watch, so we make sure <laughs> that works. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I still think Golden State does take Game Three. I know you're thinking differently. Back at OKC, you can take your prediction now. Um, I think it's gonna be a tight. It's gonna be a close one, but I think that OKC is gonna come through. OKC? OKC is going to come through. Okay. Staying. I think this I think this series is just going to have us emotionally distraught. I think that's what's <laughs> going to happen. It's going to have us on the edge of the seat, but mm-hmm. I'd like to make my prediction that OKC is going to take it at home. Okay. That's a that's a fair prediction. All right. <laughs> I mean, no, you know, not the fact that you're a fan or anything, but uh, <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> what I'm going to do is uh, take a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Southcast FM. No, not you. you. The bow legged one. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Damn, baby. That sounds sexy. 
Here I go, here I go, here I go again, girls. What's my weakness? Okay, then chillin', chillin', mindin' my business. Yo, so I looked around and I couldn't believe this. I swear, I stand, my niece, my witness. The brother had it going over something kinda wicked, wicked. Had to kick it. I'm not shy, so I asked for the digits. I hope no, that don't make me see what I want. Slip, slide to it swiftly. Felt it in my hips, so I dip back to my bag of tricks. Then I flip forward, tip, made me wanna do tricks on them. Like a lollipop should be lit Came to my senses and I chill for a bit Don't know how you do the voodoo that you do so well It's a spell hell makes me wanna shoot, shoot, shoot Um, you're packed in your stack Especially in the back, brother I wanna thank your mother for a butt like that Can I get some fries with that shake, shake booby? If looks could kill you, would be an easy or a shot Bang. What's up with that thing? I wanna know, how does it hang? Straight up, wait up, hold up, Mr. Lover Like Prince said, you're a sexy mother Well, uh, I like them real wild B-boy style by the miles Two black skin with a smile Bright as the sun, I wanna have some fun Come and give me some of that yum yum chocolate chip Honey dip, can I get a scoop? Baby, take a ride in my coupe You make me wanna
you're about to pass someone, but tonight you'll probably pass Shaq in playoff scoring. I'm just interested in your perspective on, on him as a player, what he meant to the league. Um, I think in my lifetime, probably the most dominant basketball player I've ever seen. Cleveland the new favorite for the NBA Finals, almost as if you don't have to win the next three games. Can you talk a little bit about that and if, are people overlooking your opponent right now and how important is it to keep the focus that you have? I'm probably the wrong guy to ask that question. That absolutely means nothing to me, what everybody is saying. I get my guys ready and prepared for game two. Uh, we understand how important it is tonight and if they can come in and get a win, then they feel great going back home. No, I don't think you have to lose. We don't want to lose. That's what we're here to do. We want to win every game that we step out on the floor. We've been challenged in this postseason uh, multiple times by Detroit and also by, uh, by Atlanta in the first two series. And we just persevered and was able to come back from it and win those games. So we don't want to lose. Um, that's not our mindset. It should never be our mindset. Um, I don't get uh, when people say you need to lose a game to go through something. I think we went through some things and, you know, if we happen to lose a game, we have to be able to bounce back for it, but that's not our mindset. Caught me off guard a little bit on the, on the Shaq thing. You've talked at length about looking up to Kobe and T-Mac and got Iverson and all of the players around that time. Was Shaq just too big, uh, you know, played too differently from how you were going to play to really try to emulate him or up to him or yeah. anything like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was out of my out of my height, weight, uh, league to try to emulate his game. Um, you know, I, I was a guard growing up and then became a forward, so I never tried to emulate my game after him. But I admire what he was able to do out on the floor, um, you know, by pure force and dominance, his ability to uh, play at that speed, um, to have that size and, and to carry that type of force that he had. Um, well, the two guards in our league are very good. Um, obviously, our point guards kind of control our league, but our two guards are very good in this league. And to be able to have uh, a guy that uh, takes that side of the floor very seriously, um, you know, and puts a lot of pressure on himself to get stops throughout the course of a game, adds another dimension to our team, and J.R. Smith gives us that. LeBron, there's another individual that's still in headlines has worked in the media for 55 years, Dick Goddard from Akron, Ohio. What do you think about Dick Goddard, things that he's done? Um, <laughs> anytime you're able to work in one profession for 55 years, I think it's a salute to you, no matter what you're doing. I mean, you're doing something right, and, and people enjoy what you do, so um, I think it's great. Also, him being from Akron, Ohio is definitely a plus. Well, we made some adjustments, and 
we'll be ready for it tonight. Not quite sure the adjustments they've made, obviously, because we're not with them. Um, but we know um, they're going to have a, a, an adjustment um, coming in the game, too. Um, you know, so we have to be ready for whatever. You expecting the same kind of physical style from the Raptors? Won't expect anything less. And we're back. Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. I was a little bit of a LeBron talking to the media, previewing today's uh, game two against the Toronto Raptors. I know it doesn't feel like a playoff game for the simple fact that the Cleveland Cavaliers just smacked them around for most of the game. Um, the Raptors were never in it. Right. And I know uh, Naomi, you were saying you, were, you didn't really watch game one and you didn't miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, you really didn't. Everything you saw in the highlights is what happened. You know, that's that's basically it. Um, looking at this series and looking at LeBron, first of all, just listening to LeBron in these interviews, he's the only one that he has to prove that, you know, okay, I'm the king and you will not approach me with such questions. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the way he talks. Like, like right, you like know. Everything's a stupid question. Nothing is yeah. up to his part. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I was like, all right, calm that down, LeBron. You were just begging for forgiveness not too long ago. Let's <laughs> let's put things in perspective here, man, all right? Right. So, uh, you know, obviously he's playing great. The team is playing great. Toronto, Kyle Lowry struggling. DeRozan struggling. These are your two all-stars. Do you see any way, shape, or form the Toronto Raptors at least winning one game in this series? No. <laughs> I, 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 I shouldn't be saying this because I haven't really watched the first game or whatever. Or, you know, and I barely dabbed into... Um, no, I did watch a couple Heat versus Raptors, but I just feel like it's just like the little the little kitty cat, you know, coming at the coming at the big huge lion. The little kitty cat. Wow. That's how I see it as. Okay. I mean, Cavs are very healthy right now. You know, they got their momentum going and they're they're looking for redemption, you know what I mean? Like right. they want Eastern Conference champs, you know, and they mm -hmm. want to they want to get back to the finals. LeBron is hungry. He's definitely hungry right hungry, now. Hungry. You know what I mean? Like if he gets a championship with the Cavs, incredible, incredible. So, like, that's what that's what they're seeking, and I feel like it's definitely showing, and the Raptors are going to have to figure out a way to, you know, try to deflect that from happening, but I don't think they're ready yet. I don't think this is the time. It would be nice. It would be nice to see them get, you know, one win, but right. off of what I'm hearing from that blowout, mm -hmm. they're going to have to do some real soul searching to try and get that. I definitely agree with you on that. It's it, it's just when you look at the way they set their things up, and I, I'm looking at the team as watching them on the court. Lowry's the point guard. DeRozan's the two guard. When it comes to making a big shot, Lowry's usually the guy. Yeah. But for the majority of the game, if he's not getting the ball in his hands, he's useless. He's not the type of guy that's demanding the basketball. And I feel like if you're – he was an MVP candidate this year. I don't know if you realize. Yeah, I've heard. The guy – you're supposed to be demanding the basketball. Right. Your team is getting beat up here, man. You got to be the one that stops the, you know, the pain here, stop the bleeding here. Yeah, exactly. So what is it that Lowry's missing? Is it confidence? Is it too big a stage right now? Because it's the first time in it could Raptors be that. history they it made could the conference be that. finals. A, you got to think about exactly. It's the first time in history. He's like, he's the go-to guy. Like you said, he needs to handle that ball. And it's a lot of pressure. And for somebody who's just not ready for that pressure, they're going to crumble. And, you know, I know you. we were talking about earlier about rest not being a factor, but, you know, He's not used to this. Yeah, but... He's not used to... So, rest shouldn't be a factor, you know, but for that team to be coming off, you know, a series that went into Game 7, and, you know, that's a big deal. And yeah. he probably just isn't, you know, he probably wasn't mentally ready to be like, all right, 
you know, we, we finished game seven and wow, now we're going to face LeBron James and the Cavs. You know what I yeah. mean? That's a lot for somebody who's never been in that position. I don't want to create excuses for anybody because like we, we've been saying, it's playoff basketball, but that could be a factor. He's just probably not ready to, you know, play at this at this level and on a stage like this but it'll be it'll be great for you know for me to see him come back and you know have an outstanding outstanding performance tonight it would be mm -hmm. it would be nice to see because he has it in him you know what i mean you're you mvp candidate you're all-star you have it in him you know you you're not ready until you try so you gotta you gotta do more than you know have a lousy game in game one against lebron james and the Cavs. i i definitely agree and one of the things that i do worry about the most when you see the way DeRozan plays, like he's going to be a free agent this year, DeMar DeRozan. There's been rumors saying that he wants to 100% go to the Lakers because he's an L.A. guy. Yeah. Uh, here's my thing. If you're the Lakers, are you going to give this guy a max contract? The, the <laughs> guy, the, I think even game seven, even though he scored about 28 points, he had like 30 shots. Mm-hmm. I can score 28 points on 30 shots. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? That's why I never get too excited when I see these, these, these shooting percentages and you, you gotta look deeper into those things. You got to, and the guy was off. He looked horrible some of the shots, man. And I, I don't know with DeRozan. He's been one of those guys that I can't put him in that All Star class. I don't consider him an All Star. That's my opinion. I think Lowry's the only legit All Star in that team, but he's inconsistent. Exactly. So I, I still see them winning one game in Toronto. Okay. Just because Toronto is gonna be loud, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild out there. Yeah, it might give them that extra boost. And like you said, you just brought up consistency, and that's the thing. And this series. In this series, consistency is... I mean, in every series, of course, consistency is key. But for them... The conference finals. Exactly. For them, they're going to need to be consistent. And also with that consistency, they builds confidence. And right now, they're not a confident team. They're intimidated, and it shows. Like, from what I'm hearing, it shows, and they're intimidated. So that idea of them, you know, winning at home is, is a possibility to bring that, that confidence back, you know, that swagger for them. Yeah. So... You know, it it could go it could go either way with them. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's sad that we're debating like if they'll get even it's, one game. It's, it's it's sad, but it's true. That's the problem. It's like you have to talk about it. You have to see if this team even has a chance because I don't think they have a chance. Right. And um, it's that's the best way to describe it. We're not talking about them winning the series. It's just not happening. Let's, let's that's on. yeah. You have to be logical eventually. And yeah. you know, it's like. It's, I don't want to prepare for their loss of this series, but, you know, it's still a great accomplishment for them to even be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I guess. I'm one of those people. I'm more like, you know. No excuses. No, no excuses, all or nothing. I'm that type of guy. I'm sorry. That's just. Yeah. I, I, I like to hold on to the sob stories. And, you know, <laughs> I told you, I was speaking to you earlier about how I have a thing for underdogs. And, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like I just appreciate the spirit and, you know. Yeah, sometimes spirit can only get you but so far. Right, exactly. But there are some more games to go, so I don't want to close the book on them too soon. They could, you know, completely make me mock my words, and they could win game two games. They could. They definitely you know, could. anything is possible at this point in, in this, you know, in the season. So. Okay. Yeah. We will definitely see with that. Now, uh, the other matchup they had was against the Miami Heat, and mm -hmm. we saw the resurgence of Dwayne Wade. And people were saying vintage Wade, you know he was. I was one of them. Yeah. You're saying it too, right? <laughs> and you know it's funny. It, Dwayne Wade's only 34 years old, but in basketball years, that's like 70, you know. So dog years. Dog years, right? <laughs> yeah, at this point, it, 34 years old, getting the job done, and he was still a leader of his team. Remember, he's only on, he was only on a one-year contract, so mm -hmm. he's going to be a free agent. I can't see Miami not, you know, letting him go. They're going to sign him for the rest of his career. That would be ridiculous. It would be if he if they let him go, it would be ridiculous. But uh, looking at not just the, what he did on the court, but everything that was going on outside of that, and 
his wife, Gabrielle Union, actress, you know, yes. you're pretty sure everybody knows, bring it on in s- several other films. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> she was very uh, vocal on Twitter saying that, oh, y'all said he was washed, right? You know, like challenging fans and saying like, you know, yeah. you don't know anything. Right. She's definitely ride or die for Dwayne Wade. I was just Wade. about to say that, ride or die. Is that is is this what we should see more of? Because I'm, you know, I'm talking about this levels of ride or die. Like you got Gabrielle Union, ride or die. You got uh, Aisha Curry, you know, ride or die. Which one, if you had to choose, is the perfect ride or die? You know, for your husband who's in the NBA. I love that you brought up this conversation because <laughs> I I think what Gabrielle Union is doing is great. And no offense to the basketball wives who are out there, you know, holding it down because a lot of them do have families, so you know right. they're playing like you know the 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 housewife, and you're just. I'm tired of this like beautiful love story, and you know I I'm making smoothies for him, and we're we're planning our trips to Paris or whatever. You know, be there in the game with him during that season. You know, yeah. I want to see you hungry. I want you to. That's what a basketball wife is. Don't you know? A lot of them, you know, come be offended off of you know what's seen in like shows like Basketball Wives and stuff like that. So you know, I feel they need to be in this game with them. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, be at his side when the fans are coming at him and attacking him. Be like, yo, you see what he's doing. You see what yeah. he just did. That's 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 Wade. He's always been there. Don't sleep on him, you know. So I appreciate. <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, there's, you know, the lovey-dovey aspect. That's your husband at the end of the day. But I feel like during series like this, during a heated season like that, it's it's nice to see wives in it. I mean, there was that video of Aisha Curry, you know, Screaming like "Go, baby!" You know, yeah, dapping yeah, up or whatever, yeah. like really yeah. into the game. And everybody and loved it. Exactly, loved and it that's that. what you want to see because it's like there's more of them. Of course, they're at home because at the end of the day, they're the ones at home who have to hear the hear the real ins and outs about you know how they feel after a game and stuff like that. So it's good to see support in that way of you know them attacking the fans and stuff because that's your man. You know, hold him down as he should for you as well. And that's what. And that's hey, that's well said. I don't yeah. even, I don't even know how else to. That's well said. Um, <laughs> So, obviously, and, and I'm going to take this even a step further because we talk about Basketball Wives and all the, you know, the different thoughts of regarding, not even just to talk about the reality show. Let's try to eliminate the reality show. Right. I feel like that's uh, turned the way people look at Basketball Wives. Unfortunately, yeah. You know, you see Lala. You see she does her own thing. You know, she has Carmelo. Um, is there a, such a thing as being too much in the spotlight? Because, like, Aisha Curry, for the most part, you know, if it's not for Riley Curry, the daughter, you know, being out in the spotlight, is it too much? Because she's got a cooking show out of it. She's constantly the subject on Twitter about yes. whether or not she's like the the standard of what a basketball wife should be and how she's kind of putting the shame all the other women out there. What is well, is it too much? Like I don't think it's too much. I think it's what you make of it. You know what I mean? And shout out to Aisha Curry for building her own empire from it. You know what mm. I mean? Like. She's 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 a great cook, you know what I mean? And she wants to do something for herself outside of being Steph Curry's wife. So go forth and chase that. That's what you have to do. Build a brand for yourself because at the end of the day, let's talk about relationships. Let's say that empire of you and Steph Curry comes down. You're no longer Aisha Curry. You're back to your maiden name and you are who you are. At least you have two little daughters who you still need to set an example for. So, you know, for her to build her own empire as a chef, on these cooking shows, it's, you know, separating herself from, you know, being just the, the basketball wife. And I feel like that that title diminishes these women of who they are, you know? Like, La- shout out to Lala, because Lala had her own career before Carmelo Anthony, and she's still, she's still holding that down. Yeah. You know what I mean? She could have easily got sucked up into being Carmelo Anthony's wife. But it's important that these basketball wives, you know, identify themselves aside from their husbands, because... 
you don't you don't want to live under anybody's shadow you know what i mean so it's like and for you to be you know an excellent wife and have your own like that's amazing Mm -hmm. especially for people who have children whether it's a son or daughter like you know that says a lot that teaches them you know just who to be as a person just to you know it's it's Great to have this empire, but you need to also remember that you need to build an empire for yourself. You need to have things going for yourself. So Right, right. Yeah. And I look at it, and the first thing I think about is, you know, how people perceive it. And and, and this one thing, I, I don't know if you caught when I was saying how on Twitter they, they're just... With her, it's, it's something extra. They're like, oh, she's Miss Goody Two Shoes, and it, oh, it yes, bothers. Yes. And you see, like, the fake, uh, the little memes that people make, you know, with the... I'm not going to say what tears, but, you know, yeah, what yeah, it was. Yeah. you know what I'm talking about yeah, in the mug. Yeah. Why is it such hate on her then? Like, why why do they hate on her? Remember when I was talking about why I hated Golden State? Yeah. Because <laughs> I want my team to be like them. That's so what people want to be? People wanna be Aisha Curry. Oh, okay. They want to be the wife of of an MVP player and mm. still be respected and still not have to be half naked and get respect. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what it is. It's haters. They're hating on her. You know, and they those people who are making those comedy to find like she's a goody two shoes because she was raised right. Let's right, talk right. about that. Like, let's talk about her parents doing a grand old job at raising her. You know what I mean? And she she's not Miss Goody Two Shoes. She's a mom. She yes. she's a mother doing what moms should be doing at home with their children, right. not dressed half naked going to the club. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, get out of here. Like, she doesn't need to be in a tight dress or out where she got to be uh, no business doing. And you know. People are just envious of that. That's what it is. They wish that they had enough in them to be who she is. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. And that's real. And that's the that's situation. You, you definitely cleared that up, <laughs> you know, because I always felt like it was it was either overblown or people were just spending way too much time talking about it. But uh, it's I think it's good. You got to have a nice, you know, a wife that has her own thing going. That's why I brought Gabrielle Union. I brought Lala. I brought up Aisha Curry. Yeah. Still supportive of their, right. you know, their husbands. And that's. You don't see that a lot. Exactly. You and see it's, the it's opposite. You see the, the divorces. You see the, you know, I the fights, the, exactly. all the, everything else you hear about every athlete, you know? Mm-hmm. Even now you see more Kobe and Vanessa Bryant. I was just you know, about to bring them. that. Yeah. yeah, like, it's nice to see that because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, what I think when he retired, it was like, you know, good for his family. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she held him down, regardless of the negative comments and, you know, the negative media, their, I mean, the negative attention their relationship got. She's been by his side and, you know, like I said, raising two daughters, you know. And now, you know, his retirement, they get to have family time. She probably gets, you know, her husband back. So it's a lot. It's it's a lot to be a basketball wife. And, you know, that name alone kind of diminishes who they are as it's, a person. It's sad. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, that's that's the way it's going to go. Right. That's very, I, I look like this. I really touched this subject. So yeah, you did. We dug deep. We dug very deep on it. <laughs> very deep on it. And I think it was it was needed yeah. because of the world we're in today anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, how about this? We've, we were already saying how the, the Raptors are done. Okay. Raptors are done, right? So we're done with the Raptors. Yeah. Cavs are going to go on to the next round. I want your early prediction now because we're, not, we're probably not going to hear from you in a while. NBA Finals. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers are taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, yes, 100%. it's happening. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it now before I pedal back. I, I'm gonna let the fan me talk right now because <laughs> it, it's, it's all about speaking things into existence. Okay. I want, I mean, like I said, I'm a fan of underdogs. I would have loved for it to be like you know historic year where the Raptors take on OKC Thunder and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I would love to see 
OKC playing in the finals against LeBron, Kyrie, Iman Shumpert, Kevin Love. Yes, I would like to see that. All right. Well, let's see what happens. I mean, I'm honestly not in agreement <laughs> with that, but we'll see if it happens. I think it's going to be a rematch, uh, rematch of last year's. Oh, boring. Oh, come on. You talked about the ratings <laughs> last year and this year. I know, no. It would be, no, let me, let me, I'm going to be serious now, but it would yeah. be, it would be an outstanding series. <laughs> like, it would be okay. outstanding series. OKC versus Cavs is something I would love to see, but let's be real. I'll be tuning into Golden State versus the Cavs as well, like with the popcorn right. and everything. Popcorn it'll just be, ready. It'll be easier for me because I wouldn't really be on the edge of my seat because I wouldn't really care who wins. I'll be, you know, mm -hmm. satisfied with the outcome. So, yeah. Okay, definitely. It's perfect. So, how about this? We're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to jump into the women's side. The WNBA is well underway. Yes, See who the top good. teams are out there. And I had some questions that I actually spoke about earlier when I was doing this show. And I want you to see if you can answer them because I know you follow the WNBA very well as well. So we'll definitely go into that. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM.
And we're back, Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. I got Miss Naomi Gray in the building right now. We're talking WNBA. And I'm, as you guys know from the show, I am a fan of the WNBA, but I also have my criticism of some of the things that are going on. Now, the season has tipped off. Right. A lot of people didn't know this. That's that's one of the big issues. A lot of people didn't know. And it was a historic season at that, so that says a lot. It's the 20th year. Yep. 20th year. And I remember watching from the very first game back in the 96-97 season um, how it was so brand new, and it was a lot of hype. They used to sell out, like, all the different arenas because of the U.S. Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about taking it back to Lisa Leslie, Rebecca Lobo, Dawn Staley, uh, Teresa Edwards, those players, Cheryl Swoops. Yeah. Those are the players that built the foundation for the WNBA. They were just so good. And people were like, oh, man, I want to see more of them. I want to see more of them. And the thought back then was there was no place for women's basketball in, um, in America. So what they used to do is, and they still do it to this day, they go overseas. They make a lot more money yeah. overseas. Women's basketball anywhere else in the world is huge. Right. Except for in America, even though the best players come from America. And I, the idea back then with the NBA, NBA was very hands-on with it. They're hands-on, but not as much as they used to be. They were so much hands-on back then that they would have, um, like, different interviews from players and making sure the NBA was pushing WNBA products. You don't see that as much now, but they would, it was such a big deal. And seeing now, 20 years later, you have the different stars that are around now, like Sky Diggins and um, Elena, Deladon. Uh, Elena Deladon. Definitely great players, but they're not getting the, the real recognition that they probably deserve because you know how much they get paid. It's not much. At all. And Diana Taraz, you remember, do you remember her story from last year? She wasn't playing, right? They told her not to play. Her team in Russia paid her an extra million Mon- dollars yeah. not to right, play right, right, that right. season. That's a bad look for the league. Yeah. That they could pay a team in Russia could pay her an extra million dollars to convince her not to play in front of our friends and family in America. And she's one of the faces of the WNBA. Totally. I mean, it's it's so sad that it's like you just saying that a lot of people didn't know that this was the historic season, like really sad to me because it was like I was with people like, wow, you know, it's about to, you know, hashtag watch me work. Like, you yeah. know, it's it's getting up there, but it's true, like it's I feel like also like you brought up about the NBA. I feel like they need to do more. They think, need to do more. I think they feel like they've done a lot and they're not getting a return investment. That's what I think the fear is when it True, comes to when that. you when you talk about dollar signs and such like that. But I remember last year having this conversation that NBA teams need to promote their WNBA teams in their city a lot more. These are like, you know, their sister. It's like a sister chapter, basically. You know what and I that's, mean? And that's what it used to be. Right. Like the Knicks with the Liberty. Knicks and the Liberty still have a very good yeah. thing. They, they do a very good job with they each other. They do do it. But it's become harder when teams get folded within a couple of years. Remember the Houston Comets won the first four championships in the WNBA and it don't exist anymore. Right, yeah. How does that happen? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Right. They're just marketing wise and just even I feel like it starts because like uh, you got a lot of big you know you got a large fan base when it comes to women's basketball in college you know yes. what I mean so it's like sitting down and thinking how do we carry this fan base into the WNBA because I mean you would think that it would just come come right with it but it doesn't you right, know right. so it's like strategically they need to think about how we're going to get this fan base into you know the people who watch Final Fours when it comes the Final Four when it comes to women's basketball right 
is like outstanding numbers compared to the people who watch the openings. Out, they pack out the Final Four every year. Exactly. For the WNBA, I mean, for uh, women's basketball, and it's well-deserved. Now, Connecticut's always usually the winner, but Connecticut has the best players. Exactly. And then three, you know, UConn just had the top three picks in the draft, you know. Yes. So it's like you would expect people to be on board, but they're just in it needs to go deeper but like you know 20 years has passed how do you expand a league where there isn't that much excitement now there has been talk about lowering the rim a foot so that they could be more dunks and more exciting plays now here's what i got the different viewpoints diana tarazi was very offended by it she said you might as well just have us out there in skirts playing basketball if you want us to you know you're basically belittling us right elena deladon she responded and said she didn't think it was the worst idea in the world she's tall i know she didn't <laughs> think huge. she didn't think it was such a bad idea and she felt like it would be something that's not at that far-fetched because you gotta look at other sports even the nba for i think a year or two pulled the three-point line in closer yeah so it's like the same thing and remember the WNBA at the end of the day use a smaller basketball than the nba right so would it be the worst thing in the world to lower the rim or do you feel like that's offensive to women I mean, so what? They're, everybody's supposed to dunk now? That's, that's what that's they want. Gonna bring, that's, that's what, what they want. That's what they want. people into stands dunking? They want action. I mean, action. like, you know what I mean? It's like WNBA, I mean, women's basketball and men's basketball is, you can't compare one to another. They play a different type of style of basketball. So it's about people learning to respect what they do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not change and make it more into flashy. It's like, I understand it's a source of entertainment, but at the day, it's still a skill level that these girls are, you know, demonstrating. And I right. feel like I, I have to agree with Tarazi. Like, it's, it's kind of like a smack in the face. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What else do you want them to start, you know, putting their hair in two pigtails and, you know, having pom-poms and, you know, introducing, like, you know, what are they, they right. going to do? Like, making this more of a girly type of sport, making it easy. And, and, that's, the, and that's the part that I, I find, me, me personally, I enjoy the competition. Right. You know, there's something to be said. I know there's some guys out there that are like, oh, man, well, it should be some type of sexual like chemistry they think the women should be beautiful you know that's that's what i've heard exactly. and i'm being no, honest i've heard that I've that's heard. why skylar yes. Diggins has went like yes. everybody considers her like one of these stars but it's like but she's that's not, not the exactly best she's let's not. not forget maya moore yes you know the candace parker Layla mm-hmm. don tina charles isn't even you know yes. she's let's forget let's not forget those women so everybody talks about skylar diggins and it's like okay so now that you now that we've gotten her mm-hmm. now talk you know show me her stat sheet what what she what she's done she's a very doing. talented player i'm never gonna absolutely. take that away from her yeah absolutely but, but she's she was also on the in the sports illustrated swimsuit edition so right exactly guys that what she does for the sport is i know and like i said this may be something you're against but it helps the image in regards to a lot of men are watching because they want to see skylar diggins right. they do you know, and that's that sucks. Even like they had it at the ESPYS. I remember Drake hosted, yeah. and he made a poem about how much he loves Skylar Diggins. Yeah, you know, and they had a little skit about it. It's it's something like that. It's it's going to help in terms of even moving that franchise from Tulsa to Dallas. Right, was yes. because of her. She is a star. <laughs> yeah, you know, whether yeah. she scores ten points a game or not. She's still a face. Yes, She's exactly. on Rock Nation Sports. It's, yeah, yeah. But I think it is, at the same time, as much as it's helping keep the, the league afloat, it hurts the credibility. And I think of a lot of the young girls that are looking up to these players. Because I think Scott Diggs is a good role model. But now they're saying, oh, man, I got to be brutal. I got to have, I got to look a certain way while I'm playing basketball. That's what a lot of, I feel like a lot of women are looking at that as that way. And I feel like that's not right. Exactly. And you got to think about the players who are in the LGBTQ community. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you got to think about those players because that exists 
a lot in the WNBA, as expected. And right. I think that they kind of get bashed on that side, too. But you mm -hmm. also got to think about how you're going to go about ways not offending them and, you know, making them feel comfortable because they, they hold a big part in the WNBA. And it's just like, I, in a perfect world, I would just want people to just, you know, you know, lower their standards a bit and accept what women's basketball is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, realize what you're watching and realize that, you know, it might not be as flashy and entertaining as NBA or college basketball or whatever the case may be, but accept what these people are doing because it is a business at the end of the day. Yes. You know what I mean? And, you know, altering it just to, you know, you're going to have to alter things to, you know, create a fan base, though. That's just how it works. Right. So it's like just figuring how to do that in respect to the players is like it's a huge deal and it's been you know plaguing the WNBA for so many years mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's it's really a big factor and it's like every time the WNBA is bought up all these negative situations are bought up with it during the season how we're we gonna figure out to give them more media why they're not getting more attention right. you know what are they gonna do every year that's what it is as opposed to it's 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 the season WNBA let's go watch get your tickets it's right right here's an article about you know they're gonna lower the rim here's an article about you know this happening you know what I mean it's like negative and positive positives of the WNBA go hand in hand so that's that's the process that they have to they have to go through because yes the numbers are low right let's be honest um, the opening day was on Saturday, mm -hmm. and there was one game that was on ESPN, and the rest of them were ESPN three. Right. You know, and I know a lot of people are still figuring out ESPN three, so that's Where that's you online. Find it? <laughs> that's online. That's online. You exactly. could check it out online, but it's not everybody's gonna know that. And my thing is, if you're gonna push a majority of the games to ESPN three, that's kind of rough. I mean, it's, it's still it's still getting noticed, but that means it's not, but it's it's not getting the right type of I mean, coverage. Like, D3 basketball games are on ESPN3. I know. And we're talking about a professionalized league. Yeah. Women's National Basketball Association on ESPN3. And I was even saying this last year when I first covered the draft. I was like, okay, first, you know, first couple rounds on this on, on ESPN2, I believe it was. And then yeah. it's like, I got to go search my web browser. Be ESPN3, yeah. Be ESPN3. Try to make sure I'm there in time to make sure I don't miss any of the last round picks, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair, but then you have to, you know, you can't be naive and not put the, cover, you know, the, the money, the dollar yeah. signs into the equation. Because it's a cheaper value to do it on the web like that. Of course. It's a cheaper value. They'll still have announcers like ES. It'll still be full ESPN coverage. Yeah, yeah. But it'll just be web-based. Yeah, exactly. And that's really what the world is moving to, so I get that, but it's also cheaper. But you, you kind of think it's it's rough when you're getting bumped for whatever's on ESPN or ESPN2. And what about their families? You know, their family's like, all right, go find go find the laptop. Hurry up. Make sure. Yeah. We get, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's a lot. And it, yeah, you know, that's what that's the way we're moving in the world. But we're not fully there yet where it's right. like we got our web browsers up open and it's it's fine, you know. So that's it starts there, too. You know what I mean? It mm -hmm. starts at the draft because that's the that's the promo to the season, the draft. You know what I mean? It 100% is, and it's going to be – um, it, it's it's definitely going to be a process. Now, looking at this year and um, seeing the starts, uh, I saw the Lynx obviously got to a great start against Phoenix. Um, this was on Saturday, this past Saturday. Um, I'm looking at the season, and we're going to have this huge break because of the Olympics. Olympics yeah. That hurts also. I mean, honestly, it hurts. No All-Star game, whole month off yes. for, for those teams, who you know. And for the players who aren't, you know, participating in the Olympics, it's like – it's nothing. What What do you do with that time? Exactly. What do you do with that time? How are you, How do you stay ready? Yeah. To get back in because this is still like 
you know, you're still going to get back in. It's going to be towards the end of the season. Then you mm -hmm. have, you know, conference playoffs going on. So how are you going to stay ready during that break? You know, and, and how are the players in Rio not going to be exhausted? Exactly. After, you know, and those are going to be all the best players from each team. Yeah, gonna exactly. Be on there. It's, it's going to be a process, but it's a problem that they know they're going to face every four years. So I, I don't know what the alternative is during that time because you have to keep the league relevant. Are you going to just keep pushing Olympic coverage, Olympic coverage? That's, yeah. that's all you can do, right? Like. But I'm just looking at this as like that's a criticism. Like, what do you do with that? Um, the number of teams is always going to be a problem. And you know how wow. you were just saying how pushing is only 12 teams. Mm -hmm. I think by now it should have been more. Let's be honest, 20 years should 20 be more years, teams. 20 years, there there should have been so much more. Do you realize that we have I think about 22 D League teams now? Yes. The yeah. minor league, the minor leagues in the NBA has grown from it was like used to be like 10 teams to like 22 teams starting next year. Yeah, because they're thinking about adding a few. There's going to be a Long Island Nets. Those are starting next year. Yeah. And you have all these different teams. But you see how the emphasis on the minor league in um, basketball, in, in, in men's basketball, is being emphasized. Where women's basketball, you barely have opportunities. That's why all of the best players are really going to go overseas. Exactly. And what's going to happen with the league? A couple, couple of years, you don't know. Right, and these, these players' mindset upon getting drafted is like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, play here for a year and mm -hmm. then go overseas and get my money it's like they don't That's how it it's is. like do you guys even want to be in the WNBA I mean I don't want to say that because, because you know, they're, they're making course, change here compared to making big dollars somewhere else exactly exactly it's fun here because you get to be in front of your family you get to be in your country that's where it's fun it's almost like this has become recreational, but what they do over there is what matters financially for them. Exactly. And you also got to think about, like, once the season's done for them, they're packing to go overseas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's, like, mentally, physically, emotionally exhausting to have to live that lifestyle just mm -hmm. so you could play the sport that you love and that you've been playing for many years and to, you know, be able to feed yourself, feed your family. It is. It's, it's really tough. But um, like I said, I'm going to continue to support it. You know, I'm hopefully I'm going to be able to get some interviews with some of the players, see what yeah, happens. And I know you'll be doing that as well. Yeah. So it's it's going to be um, it's definitely going to be something that we want to keep alive because like I guess I've been a fan since that first season, mm -hmm. and I you know I remember Teresa Weatherspoon hitting that shot from half court. Yeah. <laughs> to tie it up. I remember watching that just That's going. That's crazy. Forget male, female. That is the craziest shot I've ever seen to avoid <laughs> getting eliminated. They were down by two points. She hits that. They go to a third game. Yeah. Even though they lost, but still. <laughs> it's the principle. It's that's the principle amazing. of it. It was amazing. You don't see things like that, and it's that's, interesting. To bring up a quick another point, it's like that's the thing also that WNBA is missing is WNBA is missing, like trailblazers. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they need those marketable names, and it's like things happen so fast in WNBA. Their, their, their careers just end so quickly. It's hard to, you know, hold on to these, these big names. You it know is. what I mean? It really – it's difficult because – you see the big names, and, you know, I, I got to go back to Skylar Diggins. I got to go back to Maya Moore. Yeah. What else is there? Can, can they bring besides, you know, being good basketball players? Uh, we know Skylar Diggins can bring all the off-the-court stuff. You know, she has the image, all of that. But Maya Moore, does she need to build an image then to get more attention besides how great a basketball player is? She's a multiple-time MVP. Yeah. But she needs more attention. Candace Parker, you know, same thing. Like, right. what gets them more attention? What What is going to work? Exactly. Is, is it the Olympics? They're, they're counting on the Olympics being it because Olympics has always done it for them. It's the reason why this league exists exactly. because of what happened in 96. So it's... But it's how, how long is that, you know, um, run from after the Olympics going to, you know, hold down the WNBA? You know what I mean? Like, it happens, you know, every four years. So how, you know, how long is that momentum going to be 
going from the Olympics. You know what I mean? It needs to be something that's going to have these fan, these fans glued to the WNBA and committed to, you know, want to follow it. And that's, that's the thing. That commitment isn't there in both ends, you know, from the people behind the WNBA. I mean, I don't want to say that the commitment's not there, but it's just like it doesn't have a commitment. I mean, it doesn't have a committed fan base, and it doesn't have, like, enough push. That's what it is. It doesn't have enough people carrying it to being this amazing thing that's going to stay around for a long time. Well, there's a lot of work to be done. We'll see what happens. We also, this is the beginning of the season. Yeah, exactly. I'm rooting for the Liberty, and we'll hope to see. Whoop. Yep, see. Let's <laughs> hope things will really turn out. I'm going to be at a couple of games this year, definitely. So I'm supporting on my end, all right? <laughs> MSG, MSG is getting my money. So <laughs> with that being said, uh, Naomi, great first show. Yeah, so it was great. I loved it. You know, hopefully we'll do a lot more. Yeah, totally. Obviously, and, um, you know, we have some great shows coming up here on Sports Social. And make sure to tune in to soundcast.fm, sportssocialpod.com for all replays of the show, as well as the iTunes link, Google Play, etc. It's everywhere. Trust me, just Google it. You'll find it. <laughs> um, I'm Ed Easton. And until next week, everybody, have a good one. Jezebel and who you gonna tell when the repercussions spin? Showing off your ass cause you thinking it's a trend, girlfriend. Let me break it down for you again. You know I only say it cause I'm truly genuine. Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gym, baby girl. Respect is just the minimum. When you still defending them now. Lauren is only human. Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament. Let it sit inside your head like a million women in Philly pen. It's silly when girls sell their souls because it's sin. Look at where you be in. Hair weaves like Europeans. Fake nails done by Koreans. Come again. And it's Tim's and it's women, him and it's men Come in the club like hooligans Don't care who that you fan, Papa Yang like you got yeah. Let's not pretend The one to pack pissed out by the waist, man Crissed out by the casement Still the name of the basement The pretty face, man Claiming that they did a bit, man Need to take care of their three and four kids Been the face in court case When the child supports late 